Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Look, the Rainmaker podcast comes to you every Thursday, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, bringing you some heavy hitters in the industry. And today we've got another one. Pete Fournier is with us. Let's get into it. Pete, what's going on, my man? How you doing? What is up, Earl? Good. How about you? Man, I'm doing great, man. So glad to have you here on the show. I've been ex- I've been excited about this um, since we booked the show. Um, so just really looking forward to get into it. Just wanted to know how's that Jameson Orange going out there uh, for well, you? <laughs> I tell you, that's dangerous for me. It's pretty delicious. I think they should sponsor me for that video, but my wife still can't do brown stuff. She's not doing the brown stuff. Yeah, I caught that little video <laughs> on your Facebook page. It had me cracking up. I watched it a couple times. The expression on her face was priceless. Uh, <laughs> with that but man um pete you've got a a lot of of titles and and a lot of responsibilities that you have kind of bring us up to speed like what are those things that that you're actually doing yeah absolutely so i'm president of sales of innovative financial group they're a nationwide imo i have my own brokerage uh called all things insurance group so i got about 130 or so agents across the country uh involved in that i'm still personally producing uh, which is pretty fun, especially when you don't have to. And then I have uh, Fournier Enterprises, which is an insurance agent cult, uh, consulting firm, essentially. So agents and agencies across the country either hire me to mentor and train their agents or uh, they just buy products from PeteFournier.com. So a lot of different avenues I'm running down on a daily basis. Yeah, you're a busy guy. You got a lot going on. Well, you're young enough to do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> With all of that, well, Pete, kind of give us a little of of the backstory here. Like, what were you doing before insurance, and how did you kind of decide to make that transition? Because nobody goes to high school and says, "I want to be a life insurance agent." You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I actually was in college before I started. Um, so I started. I got licensed my senior year of college. My roommate at the time was doing it, as well as a fraternity brother that was a little bit older than me. He came back to campus like after two years driving a pretty sweet vehicle. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? He was like selling life insurance. I was like, sign me up. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) that was it. Um, So I was uh, selling at a captive in college, uh, sold at another captive soon after college, and then started my own agency uh, in 2012. I hired some bad apples, uh, got in a bunch Mm. of debt took on a W2 job, was flipping Pokemon cards and shoes and all kinds of nonsense to get that roll up and uh, made it out. Took me 18 months, but made it out. And, uh, and the rest is kind of history. Wow. That, that is an amazing story. It it always kind of, it does interest me when people are telling their backstories and their transition into these types of things. I mean, over at Pete, Pete Fournier, yeah, PeteFournier.com, you know, the tagline you have there is the best place on the web for life insurance training, which I absolutely love um, that tagline that you got there. What do you what would you say your your superpower is when it comes to, you know, PJF? Yeah, making everything really simplistic for the agent. So my presentation that I teach on is 12 minutes. Um, the needs analysis is like four or five minutes. The questions that I'm asking the client are a couple minutes. I could be in and out of the house or over the phone doing an app in 45 minutes. 
I think a lot of agents tend to overcomplicate or even talk their way out of a sale nine times out of 10, instead of just making it very concise for the client to make a decision. So being able to break that down and eliminating the three or four hour presentation or the 17 sits to get a $50 a month app is really what I'm good at. Wow. Well, that's amazing. I mean, what do you, for you, you mentioned the in-home and you mentioned the, the, like the telesales, are you, do you lean more towards one than the other or how is your, how are you feeling about the, the latest trends to, to kind of go more virtual? Yeah, I'm more of a belly to belly guy. Um, okay. I have a lot more control in person. Um, I build a lot better rapport in person. I'm just more comfortable in person and uh, me being, you know, from New Jersey originally, I'm a little more forceful in person. Uh, uh. <laughs> over the phone is still good and I got to do it so I can replicate it and teach agents how to do it. The one thing I will, I will share with the audience for over the phone though, is you got to make them write stuff down. Um, mm. A lot of agents from a telesales perspective will throw out numbers and quotes and products and everything. And yeah. nine times out of 10, they get, I want to think about it. And that's it because you confuse the crap out of them. If you get them to write down your three option close or whatever you're doing and get a bunch of tie downs, it'll make your closing ratio a lot better over the phone. But I still do like face-to-face -face better. Awesome. I mean, when it comes down to, to scripting and things of, of that nature, and I know like most, most of us teach like, okay, here's a script that you use or whatever, but scripts, scripts seem to come a dime a dozen, right? Mm -hmm. So like, what's your philosophy behind, behind scripts and relying on a script to do what it is that you need to do? Yeah. So from a, a phoning perspective or for setting up your appointments, um, to this day, I I've been using the same phone script since like 2013. Mm -hmm. Um, now it's my words. So when I'm training an agent and I'm making a little joke or something in my phone script or whatever, that may not be their cup of tea or, or based on their personality. So we negate that, right? Um, you gotta make it, uh, let me put it this way. The script is the outline, right? You don't have to say every word verbatim, whether you're setting the appointment or doing my presentation in the house. It's the rough outline to get you where you need to go. So if you need to change a sentence or an inflection or that joke is too, you know, out of your comfort zone, yeah. don't make it. It's okay. But do about 80% of it, right? As long as it's working. Yeah. You know, I, I noticed you got the, the Sling It uh, t-shirt on, registered trademark, by the way. Um, <laughs> t tell us how the Sling It roadmap came about. I was looking on your site and I saw that. So how did that come about and, and what does it really teach the agents out there? Yeah. So uh, backstory on Sling It is I used to tell my agents all the time, just go out there and sling it because a lot of agents will overcomplicate their products. They need to know everything about underwriting. They need to know the crediting of the, of the composition of this IUL. And all. Mm. you're just going to confuse the client. Know enough to be dangerous and go out there and do activity. Just sling it, right? So the roadmap came about um, from last June, June of 2021. I told a bunch of people, I actually surveyed an audience on social media asking what a, a crazy amount of life insurance would be to be sold on a monthly basis. People were saying 60, 70, 80. I got a couple six figures. So I set the bar at 150,000. I was going to buy leads, get referrals and write 150,000. Now, mind you, I'm not writing like Brian Askin size IULs okay. for 50,000 a month, right? My average deal size is about 262. 
still good, but they're not monsters. So I spent about 6,800 bucks on leads, uh, which is a little high, but not for the return that I wanted to get. Um, got a bunch of referrals and, and closed out the month at around 117. And then after some fall off, net net 115. So I developed a roadmap for agents that want to replicate that process. So it's four weeks of prep leading up to your crazy month. Okay. Uh, and then four weeks of activity tracking. So what metrics you should be hitting on a weekly basis, even a daily basis in terms of how many calls you should be making, how many leads you should have on hand, how many referrals you should be updating. That way it's almost a barometer for those agents to track way, where they are running alongside of me. Right. And, uh, if you're doing the outline to a T, you should hit the same metrics, even if you're terrible, because I base it on basically below average statistics. <laughs> wow. Well, we all know, I mean, what you're not measuring doesn't grow, you know, and a lot Correct. of times I think that's something that, uh, especially brand new agents, maybe even some veteran agents don't really do well is to track that result that you're having and that you're getting so that, you know, okay, if I bought this many leads, I made this many calls, I did this many sets, I did this many sits, made this many sales. Okay, now you can start predicting some things, um, you know, that could be happening. So, so that's awesome. What do you think one of the key things um, one of the key mistakes that, you know, maybe someone, they just got licensed yesterday and they're about to dive into this thing, you know, next week, what are some of the key things that you would tell them to look out for or to do? Yeah. So the, the one thing is uh, social media has been awesome. And this, this collaboration of bringing people together at conferences and masterminds has been awesome. The only detriment that I see to like Facebook and Instagram and, and the conferences is every new agent has new shiny toy syndrome and they got 48 paths laid out in front of them because I'm killing it over here and Earl's killing it over here and somebody else is killing it over here and they don't have a direction to run in. So they wind up running around in circles and not making any money. So the first thing I would tell you is find a mentor that jives well with you, that's doing it themselves. They have a proven track record. They can train you and run down that path of that mentor just blindly be like, listen, I'm going to go after it for six to nine months. And along the way, I'm going to tweak stuff, my phone script, my presentation, right? Mm -hmm. All that stuff to mm -hmm. increase my closing ratio, but pick a path and run down it. You can learn how to cross sell 18 months, 24 months in. But if you want to pick Medicare, go down that path. If you want to pick life insurance, go down that path. Don't get that new shiny toy syndrome. And to your point, Earl, track your return on investment. Don't let it be money in, money out yeah. constantly, right? I spent 20 grand and I made 22. Well, your net net was two and you're yeah. on the poverty line, right? For the exactly. Month. So track your stuff. <laughs> You know, uh, is there a preference that you have or that you would even suggest for brand new agents um, to go captive or independent? What, what are your thoughts yeah. about that? Because those are always conversations that are coming up. Yeah, I did not mind my captive experience. I mean, looking mm -hmm. back, hindsight's twenty twenty, and you're like, wow, you know, my comp was lower. Or the, I only had one product or whatever. Mm -hmm. I would argue that you can make hundreds of thousands of dollars in any situation. That's why these captives have been around for 200 years. Yeah. The, the only um, drawback to going independent, once again, could be that mentor. When a brand new licensed agent comes to me, it could be a buddy of mine or a recruit off a of social or whatever, mm -hmm. they get three or four carriers. That's it. It's all you're allowed to sell. 
And if they don't qualify, you leave the house and you figure it out later, right? Which was probably the best thing that I did transitioning from a captive to independent. When I first started writing for the first six months, I only had two carriers. And if wow. they didn't qualify for those products, I had to leave. But it taught me to be really focused on those two carriers. I knew the underwriting. Yeah. I knew what they qualified for. I knew the pricing and everything like that. And then you can slowly expand. But don't get yeah. like 15 carriers off the bat. And again, new shiny toy syndrome. Oh my God, he's selling this. Let's let's get that carrier and write it once and have a charge back. And then I won't write it ever again. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, and having to learn all those different policies that go along with that and the qualifications and the da-da-da-da-da-da that goes along with all of that. I, I mean, Pete, we met at Road to 8% Nation um, in Charlotte. Um, I didn't know both of us lived in North Carolina until like now. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's kind of crazy with that. You know, how did that come about for you? And I know you, you're you going to be speaking at the next one coming up. I believe it's February 11th in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. How did that, you know, all come about where you started becoming a speaker and then now you're a speaker at Rote 8%? Yeah. So uh, right prior to the first 8%, the big, big conference, right at um, Nissan Stadium, I guess that was 2018. Uh, for about a year, I was doing trainings uh, for agencies across the country. So I was doing little speaking engagements, you know, teams of 5, 10, 15, 20. And uh, Cody actually invited me to be on one of his podcasts, then invited me to be on a panel at Nissan Stadium. And between the training programs, the PeteFournier.com and the 8% kind of kickoff, it started becoming a trend. So uh, I was at every 8%. I speak at a conference called SWAT every single year. I still do some agency trainings. Um, and the road to 8% came about, I guess, a year ago. Me, Cody, and Roger were talking. It was actually Roger Short's idea uh, from Life Insurance Academy podcast um, to kind of go on the road and introduce the 8% you know, mantra and mastermind uh, to states that we've never been to before, which is kind of cool. Like going back to Philly, it's kind of like my home. Okay. But we've never spoken in California or Denver mm -hmm. or uh, I've never spoken in Kansas City which is kind of cool. So um, it's getting new agents kind of in the room, which again, wasn't around five, six, seven years ago. Yeah. So the collaboration is huge. Um, and I love that. Just don't get new shiny toy syndrome. Listen yeah. to all the speakers, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, Pete, I mean, I definitely appreciate you being here. How would you like folks to like reach out to you if they wanted to reach out to you and connect? Yeah, absolutely. You could go through Pete, .com, all those emails I get CC'd on, uh, which is a ton of them on a daily basis, or basically on any So reach out, DM me, any questions that you have, I'd love to all right, everyone. Pete Fournier, thanks for being here, buddy. Definitely got a lot of great value from you today. Thanks once again, my friend. Thank you so much, Earl. Appreciate you.